Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit. That is Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor of Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy and Taylor Raglan. Uh, it's only Wednesday, guys, but it feels like it's been a pretty uh, pretty busy week so far with all the happenings in the uh, in the boys and girls uh, basketball playoffs. Uh, you know, girls have just wrapped up the third round. Boys wrapped up the first round. We're going to touch on the boys in a bit, but uh, first, yeah, we got to touch on some of the action, uh, especially last night on the girls' end of the hard court, because uh, I mean, we had some absolute barn burners mm-hmm. in the regional quarterfinals, including a game too that you can get to right now, man. I mean, a game that literally went right down to the wire. We didn't expect any. Anything less between Allen and Saxe, given how competitive the two teams played each other in non-district, and uh, yeah, the third meeting was uh, was indeed a doozy. Yeah, we, you know, prior to the game, we were talking about it. And we kind of envisioned it going one of two ways: either Saxe would kind of have its redemption story and, mm-hmm. and its revenge, and and pull away and and win, you know, maybe somewhere between five and ten points, and and move on, or you know, Allen wins a close one and and kind of pulls the same thing they've done several times this season, and it ended up being the latter. I mean, it was it was a, a great game, um, start to finish, very evenly matched. Two really good basketball teams. I think Allen uh, was ranked number sixteen and Saxe number five officially, but there weren't eleven spots between those two teams uh, last night. Star power on both sides, um, and obviously it came right down to the wire. Um, you know, Saxe goes up. Uh, it was crazy because I was sitting on the Saxe sideline officially, um, you know, covering the game and, and was surrounded by Saxe fans. And, and Avery Krause, you know, lays one in with, I believe, 10 or 11 seconds left, and Saxe's up one. And, mm-hmm. and it looks like that's it. You know, it looks like, well, you know, that's going to be your quote-unquote buzzer beater. Allen is going to get one more possession. But, you know, more often than not, coming down the court in transition and, and having to rush, things don't usually work out. And, and it even appeared that way at first. Tyler Jackson gets the ball, goes in, um, you know, and, and misses her shot, falls down. And then, lo and behold, it falls directly to, to senior um, Sydney Adams. And, and she puts it up and in. Um, buzzer goes off. Saxy, you can hear. It's funny in the highlight <laughs> took you can hear the elation when when jackson shot misses and then just dead silence on my side and alan you can see going crazy in the background as they win you know 50 to 49 but not much to say except a great great basketball game i mean it's a shame that that those two teams had to meet um in the round that they did uh because you know that's that's a great a great game um two really good teams that they probably both deserve to move on i guess if you want to put it that way um, you know, for Saxe, Adele Tack was was outrageous. Jalen Brooks had nine. Um, you know, they were Avery Krause, I believe, also had nine. Kayla Demas had nine. They were really good, pretty much up and down. Um, and and they tried to stop 
um, Nia Green, which I guess is the game plan for a lot of people when you when oh, you yeah. play Allen, just because you know what Nia Green brings. Um, if she's on shooting the basketball, it's really hard to stop. She still had 13, I think, but they did slow her down, but then Tyler Jackson really stepped up, uh, had 19, was mm-hmm. shooting the ball really, really well, and, and helped lift... Uh, Help lift Allen, and it was man, it was it was wild. Um, you know, when when Adams's shot went in, it was it was just pretty much disbelief from from everybody, including you know the Allen supporters. It was just uh, pandemonium. So it was a good one. Like I said, it was a shame that you know one of those teams had to go home. Um, two really really good girls basketball programs. Um, you know, Allen moving on to the first ever regional tournament. But for Saxe, you know, it's not all doom and gloom either. I mean, they 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 are still firmly in the middle of their window, I guess, if you want to call it. They bring back a lot of really talented players, um, a lot of uh, people that, that played really important minutes this year. So, you know, tears for sexy for now, but but definitely some some uh, promise on the horizon for them as well. When I saw your uh, the tweet and the highlight of that last basket by Sydney Adams, I wasn't surprised. You know, Sydney Adams. You know, she's five foot four. At least listed in the program, mm-hmm. she is. She is almost at all times the smallest player on the floor, and yet she has this intuition for being in the right yeah. place at the right time. I saw her do the same thing earlier in the year in district play against Plano East, where you know Allen had to make a late comeback to force overtime, and Sydney Adams had her fingerprints all over that game with just these clutch rebounds and. I it's just I just don't know what uh, yeah how that what that all boils down to and how uh, you know just she's able to be in the right place at the right time because these are really clutch rebounds like rebounds that when the shot goes up everybody is trying to yeah. get the ball this is only like, this isn't like too. a shot that goes up wow. in the this isn't a shot that goes up in the second quarter where yep. you might get you know three or four players that try to make an effort at this it. is it I mean it's the biggest rebound in the game and she's the one that comes down with it I was not yep. surprised at all to see her come and her through only, with the, her only score. Because it was it was it was almost unbelievable when I was going back and you know adding up all the points and doing all the you know the box score and everything I was like, holy crap that was her only that was it mm-hmm. that's all that was her only bucket but she was right there. Buzzer beaters are nothing new for Allen though. Perfect. Coming coming off a missed shot, right place right time rebound. I mean Alyssa Tarpley did it to Prosper yeah. just yeah. a couple weeks ago in the second to last district game of the season to beat them literally at the buzzer the yeah. same exact situation. Uh, that they gave uh, Saxe last night. This is now so. now ten straight wins for Allen. Wow. Allen yep. is playing as hot as any team in the state right now. And Finding a way. They will. Uh, yes, I mean the game against Tyler Lee in this game you saw against Saxe could not have been more different nope. in terms of just production from Allen. I mean, yeah, that Tyler Lee game was at times a bit of a a bit of a rough watch. But yes, just that's been the key for them is just finding a way. Come by any means necessary. They've just they've really shown a knack at coming through in the clutch during this win streak of theirs and now like I said best playoff run ever no yep. matter what happens rest of the way first time they've ever been four rounds deep um, you know this, this team is already making history so we'll see what happens Friday out at uh, Ellis Davis Fieldhouse when they take on number two ranked Pflugerville Hendrickson a, an absolute juggernaut of a program that has only lost one game all season um, yeah should be a should be a fun one <laughs> um, you know the first half of that doubleheader, though, in the regional uh, in the regional semifinals will feature Prosper, which is the game that I was at last night. Another great game. Um, I wouldn't have expected anything less between Prosper and Plano Senior. I was fortunate enough to cover the first two game times these uh, these two teams played each other during district play. They split those two meetings. Both games very very different from a from a tactical standpoint. So um, just to put the uh, you know the do or di- the do or die backdrop of a playoff game, 
you know, behind these two. What would happen? And I mean, fittingly enough, this was a tie game heading into the mm-hmm. final minute. Would have expected would have expected anything less. You had, um, you know, both teams. Neither team could really make a whole lot from the field. I mean, this was a lot of lots of free throws, lots of trips to the line there late, and neither team had a had a banner close, you know, shooting from the charity stripe, but. I mean, obviously, the you know, much like the Sydney Adams basket, the highlight that will uh, you know live on in infamy from this game is um, you know you mentioned a you know kind of an unlikely hero yeah. in, uh, in Sydney Adams, uh, freshman Hadley Morell coming through in the clutch with hands down her, the biggest shot you know of her of her young varsity career, biggest shot, one of the biggest shots I'm guessing in Prosper basketball history mm-hmm. is as the as the Lady Eagles get a get a three pointer inside the final minute from uh, from Hadley Morell to finally get some separation from Plano and. Uh, um, you know, the defense is able to force a turnover on the other end. Madison willis Rosa does a great job intercepting an inbounds pass. And um, Maddie Cleary knocks down a free throw on the other end for a four-point lead. And Prosper, uh, yeah, 55-51. They win the rubber match in a, uh, yeah, just a just a terrific game. <laughs> I mean, when you look at this team, obviously Jordan Oliver stands out. Yeah. Number one ranked women's player in Texas. But mm-hmm. these role players on this team, they're, they're such a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just Jordan Oliver. Mm-hmm. Like, like you mentioned, Maddie Cleary is one of the best shooters uh, on the girls level I've seen. I know you've you've yep. tweeted about her a lot. You know she she lights it up. She can knock down three or Man, four get hot too. threes in a, just, in a in a second. Yeah. You know in the same quarter, uh, girls like Chandler Browning have really stepped up the last few weeks uh, for sure. I know she hit a big shot late uh, last night in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, and then you have you know Morell. Freshman coming in there, and, and when I saw her play against Allen, she had the daunting task of taking on Nia Green mm-hmm. and really stifling her. She forced a turnover. I remember at one point of the game at midcourt, she she pestered her so much that she forced a turnover on Nia Green, an All-American, a senior, over six foot tall. And here's this freshman, Hadley Morell, just coming in here doing the dirty work. Madison Willis Rosa, she does the dirty work too. You know, and then you have the big player down low, Scout Huffman. They just all know their role. They all know the you know what they can do, what they're supposed to do on mm-hmm. the court to complement a play. Of Jordan Oliver's yeah, I think I think that's the key. I think you have a Jordan Oliver, but yeah. then everybody else stays in their lane. They don't try to do too much. They don't try to be anything that they're not asked to be. It's like this is what I do. You know, I'm Maddie Clear. I'm going to go shoot threes, and it's it's working. And it always helps though when Jordan Oliver is able to be the best player on the floor, oh, yeah. as she is more times yeah. than not, because she really did kind of shift momentum back in Prosper's favor there in the second half. She scored 13 points in the third quarter alone. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of them coming in. You know, Plano went from they went zone in the first half, went to man in the second half, and uh, but Plano just had a really tough time taking care of the ball in this game. They committed, I got to read here in my notes, you know, 15, 16, 17 turnovers and a lot of them leading to runouts and all of her being able to do her thing in transition and she is just so fast. When she is in transition, she is on Stop! Oh, yeah. well, that's where she gets a big bulk of her points in in a, in a hurry. And at the same time, like what you know, we know that she can score a ton. She had twenty five mm-hmm. last night. You had thirteen rebounds, four steals. It was that uh, I only had her down for what three assists. It was that last assist though that it was obviously the the play of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think just that like that's what kind of makes her that kind of what separates her and puts her a notch above you know just any any typical girls basketball player. You know, you think of a player with that kind of mentality, a five star prospect, McDonald's all-American and I can see that kind of just that mentality breeding okay well this team is going to live and die with what I do and at the same time you know everyone plain to anticipate that when you know games inside the final minute Jordan Oliver's got the ball coming up across a half court that she was going to make a move and Plano sold out its defense to try to shut her down you know Oliver's able to get into the lane there's three Plano defenders there waiting to contest her shot now at the time you know you're thinking okay on the one hand you know you have Jordan Oliver's resume her pedigree and just her 
shot making ability, well, okay, Jordan Oliver's going to take that shot still. This is, I mean, she's the, you know, she's the anchor for that team. That team, you know, goes as she goes. But at the same time, though, she turned that down, turned down the hero ball shot, and made the right basketball play. Her basketball IQ is that high, mm-hmm. and she has enough trust in her players, yes. the role players on this team. This, these girls on this team. Although they're not on her caliber, they're no slouch. This yeah. is a this is a team very well deserving of being where they're at right now, not just because of Jordan Oliver. Oh yeah, very very impressive stuff by Prosper to pull it out against uh, against Plano on uh, on Tuesday. Over in uh, over in five A, Brian, you're uh, you're uh, you're. You called your shot with a potential uh, Frisco on Frisco uh, regional final. That mm-hmm. uh, that dream is in, in, uh, indeed still intact. Mm-hmm. Lone Star and Liberty are still uh, are still fighting on in the uh, regional semifinals. One more win between the two, and you'll get a uh, get that third meeting. Well, last night there was some Frisco on Frisco crime, I guess you could yeah. say. Liberty still had to go through Centennial, a team they'd already beaten twice uh, this year. Centennial, who I think. Is really the third best team in this region. Obviously, I think Liberty and Lone Star are the two top dogs in this region. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third best team is in the same, very same district mm-hmm. in Centennial. They just didn't have enough to get o- get over that hump to beat Liberty. Uh, third time wasn't a charm for the Lady Titans, but they gave them all they could handle. They took the lead late uh, with about two and a half minutes in this game. They took a one-possession lead over Liberty, uh, and then Liberty got back-to-back threes from Randy Thompson. We all know about Randy Thompson. Uh, she had 22 last night, uh, some big-time shots in the second half, and then they kind of separated themselves just enough. Um, and I actually spoke to, to head coach Ross Reedy uh, earlier today, and you know, the, it, you know, the final score was a 10-point game, but it was he said it was much closer uh, than than ten point indicated. So Centennial, they're they're close. They're closing the gap on there, but they're just not quite on the level of of Liberty and Lone Star. Lone Star, man, they blew out Wiley yeah. East last night. Quality win. A state ranked Wiley yeah. East team. Uh, you know they dismantled them by twenty points on a night that Adriana Quezada only had ten points. Wow. You know, and she's right there. Like I've mentioned this many times, front runner alongside Randy Thompson for that district MVP. But when you have Mia Deck. Who is that scrappy defensive player? Streaky. She'll she'll she's that three and D type player. She had twenty four points last night, and when you have players like that dropping twenty four points, they're going to be tough to beat, especially when they're shooting threes because mm-hmm. they're bread and butter. I saw it uh, against Lovejoy in the first round. Obviously, they like to bang down low. They have the players. They have Kazada, Kayla Richardson, Leah Harris. They have players that can get rebounds and get scrappy. But when you have the Deck sisters and and, and other players hitting threes. Good luck beating Lone Star. That's that's a tough out. They get uh, well. They get Red Oak, Red Oak. now in the regional mm-hmm. semifinal. Red Oak team that's playing pretty well. They've got all three of their playoff wins have been by at least thirteen points, mm-hmm. including one um, in the regional quarterfinals against um, another school in our markets, uh, Poteet at Mesquite. You know, despite uh, Poteet getting uh, getting big nights from its its tried and true tandem of Tajane Perry and Amaya Briggs, um, just not enough firepower to keep up with a uh, with a red hot Red Oak team. Um, so that is, yeah, we'll get that in, uh, in one half of the, of the Region 2 semifinals. Who does Liberty play? North Forney. Okay. And Centennial beat North Forney earlier this year, so kind of mm-hmm. indicative of maybe if, you know, how, how easy or may not easy it may mm-hmm. be for Liberty, since Liberty's beaten Centennial three times. I don't know. But uh, just an, a, com- a common opponent yeah. there is something interesting to look at. We also had the, uh, the Colony, which punched its ticket to the regional tournament on Monday. They, uh, they took down Mansfield Legacy. In a uh, yeah seventy sixty five a nice little shootout for the Lady Cougars um, second time in three years that uh, the Colony is in the regional tournament they got um sound like you had a uh, a nice little one on one between a uh, Jewel Spear and Harmony Turner both uh, you know Turner finishes with twenty nine points hmm. Jewel Spear goes for thirty um, yeah and look at the Colony now 
bound for the uh, bound for the fourth round of the postseason. They got to travel all the way out to Snyder, though. They Oof. get a bit of a bit of a long drive ahead of them as they prepare for a matchup against uh, number two ranked Amarillo. Always a uh, force to be reckoned with. On the Harmony court. Turner. I saw her play in the regional tournament. She's a Mansfield Legacy. Yeah. I saw her play. I think it was either against Liberty or Lone Star. I think it was against Liberty two years ago when she mm-hmm. was an under- underclassman, and I could tell she was going to be a player. Mm-hmm. And now she, I guess so. She's right there with Jewel Spear. Yep. Going toe for toe with that. That, that name was, sounded familiar. I was like, I know that name from somewhere. Right. And uh, let's see. That is a uh, that's a look at the happenings, at least within our neck of the woods, for the third round of the girls' basketball playoffs. Obviously, still plenty of uh, notable takeaways for the first round on the boys' side, and we'll get to that in a bit. But first, got to shine that student athlete spotlight for that. Hey, we mentioned Sydney Adams hit that big game winner against Allen. Well, that's where I was at this morning to uh, to talk with Sydney about her uh, her big bucket. Allen's huge. Uh, you know, historic win from mm-hmm. a program standpoint and just their uh, their big midseason turnaround and we will see what Sydney had to say after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. We are out at Allen High School talking with Sydney Adams, backup guard for the Lady Eagles basketball team. Uh, Allen fresh off a uh, a last-second victory last night over Saxe in the regional quarterfinals, thanks in no small part to Sydney, who hits the uh, the game winner a putback as as time expires to send the Lady Eagles to the regional tournament for the uh, for the first time ever. Sydney, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. I mean, so yeah, I mean, let's just start with that. I mean, uh, first off, first ever game-winning shot for you. Um. Yes, it actually is. Yes, yes, it is. This season, yes, sir. I mean, so yeah, just kind of, just what have the emotions of the last twelve hours been like for you? And just kind of put this moment into perspective. Certainly, I would, uh, I would guess the the biggest shot of your uh, of your high school basketball career. Oh my gosh! Since it's my senior year, hitting that shot really means a lot. Um, we're making history, and what was going through my mind was like, I got to make this shot for my team, and just to give us another chance to move on and keep fighting to maybe be state champs. Mm-hmm great feeling. Walk me through just those last 10 seconds from your vantage point because this was a putback so you know this you had to get the rebound there was you know one of your teammates took that initial shot but I mean when Saxe takes the lead on you and your season essentially comes down to 10 seconds I mean just what's your mentality like as you're heading down to the other end of the floor? Um, I personally thought that Tyler Jackson was gonna make it but then when it came my way I was like it's my chance I just grabbed it and Put it in. I mean, when you get the when you get that rebound, I mean, could you tell how much time was left? Just what's kind of oh. rushing through your mind is like, okay, like, okay, I, cry. I had to get this shot up. Mm-hmm. I had to, and I saw as soon as I threw it, um, one of the bigs almost blocked it, but I couldn't think of any of that. I just had to put it in. I mean, it's a moment that uh, you know. I mean, you dream about moments like this when you're a kid. I mean, what was the rush like after you made that shot? It was crazy to see my teammates and the fans just all cheering for me. And then everybody just started running at me, and I couldn't do nothing but just mm. fall and hit the ground. <laughs> I saw the, the quote you described it as the, as the senior dream. I mean, does that, I mean, with this being, you know, your senior year and your last go-around with the program, I mean, does that make a moment like last night all the more memorable for you? Or? Yes, sir, yes, sir. It makes it ten times better. Mm. Now I saw you. I saw you do a similar something similar early on in district against Plano East, just grabbing clutch rebounds and really helping you know come through late. I mean, g- given your size, I mean, just how do you keep putting in? How do you put yourself in position to come through like that? In the, you know, on the on the boards in those moments. Because no one thinks that I'm going to get a rebound, and that's my that's my secret. I go get it because everybody's going to be watching. And I just fly through and just catch it. 
And now on with last night's win, this is officially the deepest ever playoff run in Allen girls basketball history. Now I know the team's not content, y'all have visions on going a bit further, but nevertheless, and just to be part of that history, just what does that mean to you? It means everything. Just to leave my mark before I leave, it just means the world. Now this is, uh, what, 10 straight wins? I mean, this team's playing as hot as any team in the state right now. So just thinking back to that last loss versus Prosper, just what has changed since then? And just what do you attribute to the hot streak that this team has been on? Um, I think our mentality has changed. I think as a team, we're getting closer. And I think we're mentally getting prepared to make it to state and win. Hmm. Um, just talk about your your specific role on this team. I know early on in the you started here and there, and now you're coming off the bench, backing up um, you know backing up the guards. Just talk about when you're on the floor, just what your responsibilities are in this rotation. Um, I'm supposed to be the spark, <laughs> and I love that job. I love to just hustle and just try to be everywhere, be the little pest that everybody hates. Yeah, certainly a spark you provided there last night. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean now obviously a big one coming up on Friday against against Hendrickson, number two ranked team in the state. Um, just talk a bit about just what's what is it going to take to keep this run going for y'all? Um, playing together and just continuing to play like this is our last game because it really is. And if we don't do that and mentally prepare, who knows? We have to fight all the way until zero zero on the clock. And yeah, that'll, uh, hey, Sydney, that is all I had for you. So yes, yeah, see if you, if you got something to do on Friday, I mean, swing by the Ellis Davis Fieldhouse, eight o'clock, Allen versus Hendrickson should be a great game. Sydney, best of luck to y'all later this week. Thank, Thank you for taking you. the time to chat. Thank you. Thanks again to Sydney Adams for taking the time to chat for our student athlete spotlight. And with that, let's, uh, let's shift gears and let's talk by district boys basketball. Uh, so the first round is in the books. Still got plenty of teams that are still afloat. Um, let's start with 9-6-A versus 10-6-A. You know, I thought coming into this that relative to how the, uh, you know, what happened in football and volleyball and girls basketball, mm-hmm. maybe there was a chance that the boys basketball uh, playoff matchups might be a little bit more competitive. Yeah. And, yeah. Really got only one. <laughs> yeah. And you saw that game, Taylor. Yeah. It was the second half of the doubleheader last night against uh, Lakeview Centennial. Not at Cowell Center, I mean. Uh, Plano West against Lakeview yeah. Centennial, I meant to say. Um, Plano West able to, uh, yeah, their return to the playoffs is, is not all for naught. They're able to punch their ticket to the second round, outlasting the Patriots for a 45-39 to victory. Um, what was your big takeaway from uh, from this game? It seemed like it, it's, man, it, it's hard to describe. It's almost just like that perfect first round postseason game. By that I mean not that it was a perfectly played game. I mean kind of the opposite. You know, it was two teams that you know, it's, it's in the first round a lot of times there's more turnovers than normal. There's some nerves. There's some jitters. There's teams kind of playing outside their identity a little bit and not executing the way that they normally would. And I think you kind of had that on both sides. I think that um, you know, Plano West was up, I believe, a dozen at halftime, mm-hmm. um, and ended up. You know, Lakeview ended up getting into within three points, I think, late in the fourth. So it was uh, it was sloppy. Uh, it was low scoring, which is in contrast to kind of what we expected. Uh, Lakeview Centennial is a team that likes to get out and run sometimes. Uh, Plano West has no problem with that. Mm-hmm. You know, if if that's something that you know the game you know evolves into, but. You know, it was it was a little choppy last night, and, and Lakeview really got back in with a really good um, a really good press that in the third quarter, especially, I believe they had a 10-0 run at one point mm-hmm. uh, that included two or three steals, a lot of buckets in transition, and West was kind of bending under the under the press a little bit when uh, they hadn't in the first half, but 
you know, at the end of the day, it was it was sloppy, it was ugly, but you know, it was it was a win for Plano West. They hung on um, some big threes late uh, from Ryan Zambu, who uh, I think had a game high fourteen. Uh, Daylon Miner had ten. He had some big buckets uh, late in the third, and then one right at the very end to, to finish the game off um, with you know next to no time on the clock. But um, it honestly kind of devolved into. You know, Lakeview didn't have any fouls to give late. Um, Plano West kept getting the ball back, and there wasn't a lot they could do about it. Um, and that kind of helped. You know, it might have been a little different had they had some fouls to give. And, and you know, because Plano West wasn't, you know, shooting super well from the line. But, you know, in the end, it was, you know, as, as head coach Anthony Morgan said, it was, you know, it was a first-round playoff game. That's how a lot of playoff games go. They're close. you got to find a way to win at the end. Um, and he even sees, like, in my, you know, three-plus decades, this one's obviously or, or often – the toughest because it's just the the jitters and the nerves and and overcoming everything and you're not playing the way you should because of all those things so you know i don't, I don't know what happens from here west draws rock wall um on friday a uh, pretty good rock wall team they beat by i believe three points earlier this season mm-hmm. um you know so i don't know how much you can read into a three-point result seems like a, another good game probably awaits us but you know they're they're through a year after missing the playoffs completely through the area round and uh We'll see where they can go from here. It was the only game between these two districts that was contested by less than 20 points. Elsewhere, you had uh, Allen took care of Wiley, 71-50. to Jesuit beat up on Saxe, 71-39. And South Garland uh, took care of Prosper, 80-55. to In Monday's podcast, you made me feel crazy for saying that 9-6-A had the advantage over 10-6-A. You, you were giving 10-6-A credit mm-hmm. in the basketball world, but I was like, man, I don't think they could... The schools will be able to hang, or you know. With I thought that I thought that Wiley would give Allen a better yeah. game than they did, and for a quarter and a half, you know, this was. A, I mean, Allen was trailing by eight, you know, midway through the second quarter. Wiley came out and just a lot of they, they play their their engine is John Achebe, and when I mean that that dude has one of the most relentless motors of any player I've seen this season, and his his hustle and his aggression really kind of gets them rolling. And yeah, he was just all over the place to start, and they they really had a tough time slowing him down especially on the glass and then um you know midway through the second quarter Allen's down 23 to 15 and they go on a 19 to 1 run Oof. to blow this thing open um you know Isaiah Stevens Corey Jones their two seniors their two uh, anchors um you know really help jump start things Stevens on offense Jones on defense and um and they just I mean they carried this thing well into the second half and this was a, I mean this was a 25 point game before you could blink a uh, player who really really stood out in this game was Bryce Kennedy their mm. center and he was uh, tasked with the uh, with the assignment of having to try to slow Achibi on the glass. And um, in the second half, I mean, uh, yeah, Kennedy just uh, just went nuts, just with you know putbacks of his own, lots of strong finishes inside. Um, yeah, just some really impressive work from him. And yeah, really helped kind of subdue Achibi after a really hot start for Wiley. And yeah, you get Allen looking uh, looking like one of these states elite after a after its first its first true adversity, I would say, since the Jesuit game. So yeah. for a team that you know, with the exception of you know players like Stevens and Jones. A lot of those guys were playing the first meaningful playoff minutes of their careers. So um, yeah, I don't know. Just to meet a little bit of adversity head on early, uh, early out of the gates and respond the way they did. Yeah, I mean it was needed because I mean the road's only getting tougher from here for Allen. They yep. get uh, they get Colleen Shoemaker, state ranked on on Friday. If they are able to get by Shoemaker, could potentially draw Rockwall. I mean it's this this region is loaded with top tier talent. So uh, yes, just for Allen's sake though, they get that first one. 
out of the way um, without a whole lot of resistance in the end. Um, Saxe was tied with Jesuit at the half. I was going to say, it's the same thing. We kind of warned on on Monday's podcast that this is what Jesuit will do. You know, they'll play you very close in the first half, and then their third quarter, it's very Golden State Warriors-esque where they just shift gears and there's no keeping up. And it sounds like that Saxe had all sorts of trouble with uh, with Julius Marble, vaunted uh, big man for uh, for the uh, Jesuit Rangers. He had 29 points. But yes, um, after a, a 27-27 first half, Jesuit outscored Saxe 22-4 in the third quarter, 22-8 in the fourth quarter. And yeah, that's how you, that's how you get to a, a, a 71-39 victory. That'll happen. Ask mm-hmm. Allen. That'll happen. Also, we had, um, let's see, we can quickly shift to, to Frisco ISD in your neck of the wood, Brian, so you can uh, kind of chime in. So whether it was anything that happened in Frisco ISD or Little Elm or Salina, just kind of talk a bit about what the uh, what were the big happenings in the first round of the playoffs in your neck of the woods. Well, in Frisco, there weren't really too many surprises. They go 2-2 two and two mm-hmm. on the boys' side. You know, Lone Star and Liberty, they finish atop the, the district. They win their games. Wakeland, they got blown out by McKinney North. Kind of predicted that when we talked about that on the podcast earlier this week. And then Frisco, we talked a little bit about them. We didn't know which Frisco we were going to get. You know, the team that just beat Lone Star in the final district game of the year or a team that lost to Memorial and lost to Reedy a couple of games before that. And, you know, they lose by one mm-hmm. to Lovejoy and a low-scoring game, 34-33. I'm not saying I'm surprised uh, by that, but... You know, so Liberty and Lone Star are the only two teams to advance. Lone Star, they'll actually play Woodrow Wilson Thursday night. Mm-hmm. They thought they were going to play South Oak Cliff, and Woodrow Wilson stunned South Oak Cliff last night in double overtime. Okay. And so everyone I was talking to, because Lone Star played their game Monday, everyone I was talking to, I was like, hey, what's, you know, who's it going to be? Obviously, South Oak Cliff is state ranked, and they're always good at basketball. And, you know, everyone was telling me, oh, yeah, shit, man, don't be surprised if it's South Oak Cliff. Well, they play Woodrow Wilson, a winnable game for Lone Star. They could be headed uh, to the regional quarterfinal. Could be uh, Liberty. They take care of Princeton. You know, I, you know I, that's no surprise uh, over there. And then another no surprise, even though this game was close, much closer than I thought it would be, was Little Elm. Little Elm took on Grapevine over at Creekview. Man, it's, it's, it was too close for comfort. They, <laughs> I, I was actually I was at the Salina game. I'll talk about Salina here in a second. But Little Elm has this app. And I discovered this last night that, you know, they, they were live streaming the games with, oh, with cool. an actual broadcast. So I'm watching the Little Elm game, you know, because Salina started at like 8.15. So I was able to watch a good chunk of the Little Elm game. And it's buffering a little bit. I'm like, come on, come on. And I was, I was able to watch a good amount of it. Um, RJ hit a, a three at the buzzer going into the half. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a runner with one leg from the volleyball line. You know, typical RJ Hampton stuff. Yeah. He dropped 30 That's in this one. That's a for RJ Hampton. Yeah, it is. It's a floater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. but they win this game 60. 68-62, and the significance of that is they face Timberview on Friday, and Timberview ranked number three in the state. And I was wrong. I meant I said something on the podcast on Monday. They lost in the second round two years ago to West Mesquite. They lost in the third round last year to Mount Pleasant. I thought it was a second round, but really, it was a third round. But still, these second and third rounds have been, you know, a tough outs for for little. Got to get RJ into the regional tournament somehow. They have to, <laughs> man. They have to. And a goal of this team right now, this year, Coach Siegel told me, is to make it the fourth round. They don't make a fourth round. It's not not really a successful season. And. It'll require scoring what would, I think, be hands down the biggest one of their season if they're able to get it done. Yeah, and, that, and that's... You look over that resume of Timberview, and it is... 
We, I, I, we were talking earlier about it off the air, and I I was listing all the teams Timberview has beaten. It was Rockwall. There's just every, every Geyer, I think Geyer, Jesuit, Everybody. Rockwall. Literally every six A, every five. And Timberview is a five A program, mm-hmm. mind you. And there, so many state ranked teams. I think it was I counted nine or ten state ranked teams from five and six A that they have beaten. Uh, the only loss I the significant loss I saw in there was Duncanville. Yeah, you know, everyone, number one ranked in six. Everyone loses to Duncanville, so. Yeah, tough task uh, for them. And speaking of tough task, Salina, uh, a game I was at last night. You know, they go ten and zero in, in District Eleven Four A, and then they face a, the number ten ranked team in the state in the first round. How, how does that happen? The most deceptive four seed in the yes, entire postseason. Seriously, and and Lincoln, man, they were having a slam dunk contest before the game. <laughs> they were throwing up alley oops <laughs> off the wall. Not even the. They were trying some. Some NBA All Star slam dunk contest stuff, and they would go nuts when they would throw one down. I'm just watching, it. man, jumping over each other. Like, <laughs> Shaq comes yeah. out, they jump over Shaq. No, like I'm like this Salina Lincoln. This should be a third or fourth round matchup, not yeah. in the first round. Uh, and Lincoln, man, they are they are good. They're they're in that Dallas ISD district with Carter and Wilmer Hutchins, Campbell Pinkston, all these state ranked teams. And, and they played like it. Their guard play is quick. Uh, Coach Bobby Stastny told me that was the most athletic team they have played all year, and it showed. So they lost by 20. Still a great year for Salina. Everyone on that roster except for one senior and Noah Ross comes back next year, including Carson Stastny, who's one of the top scorers in the entire Metroplex. So Salina, they'll be back. Other other notable development, you had Louisville ISD and Capel combining to go three and zero in the first round, despite a, uh, some competitive draws on paper against District Five Six A. Uh, some close games though. Ultimately, you had Capel, the top seed out of District Six Six A, needing a uh, needing some late heroics to pull it out against Keller Timber Creek, which needed a play-in game just to qualify for the postseason. The Cowboys were able to you know get this game in their home gym and they squeak out a fifty three fifty one victory. This one was well. First off, if you um if you go on Twitter and you check the Capel Boys Basketball Twitter account, you'll see video of their player intros because this was in their home gym, so you don't have to, you know, you can maybe get a little more a little more creative and boy did they ever. They busted out a smoke machine wow. and spotlights for their player intros. So uh very much in the in that playoff mood as uh, as Capel embarked on their postseason run. And then um but this was a game that Capel, you know, trailed by four points inside the final minute. Mm. Fifty one to forty seven. They get a couple big threes from Adam Musa to really uh, just to stave off the uh, the upset, you know, and punch their ticket to the uh, to the second round. You had Louisville, you know, a shorthanded Louisville team, you know, did not have Keontae George, who remains day-to-day um, and whatnot, but yeah, they were able to, you know, get by uh, South Lake Carroll 66-57 last night. Um, the third quarter was a uh, was the big difference here in this one as far as helping them, you know, separate after a very competitive first half. Um, you had, you know, in Keontae George's absence, you had the trio of O.C. Gertman, K.J. Pruitt, Kylan Green, all, you know, all mainstays for that Farmers program, but they came through big. All three finished and double figures to pick up the slack, and um, yeah, help uh, you know help because you got to think. I mean, with with how reliant Louisville had been on uh, on Keontae George, despite just being a freshman early on. I mean, so it's it can be kind of a kind of a culture shock when you start off the playoffs yeah. and you don't have you know yep. your, your anchor there. But nevertheless, yeah, the uh, that veteran trio able to pick up the slack and get the Farmers into the second round, and then you had uh, Hebron after a after a two year run of first round exits. Uh, you know, Hebron is able to punch its ticket of the second round. They 
they took care of uh, Byron Nelson in another competitive game, 54-49. to It said it did not come easy. You know, Nelson was leading this game inside the final 230 of the fourth quarter, and then uh, Evan Anderson hits a big three to put the Hawks back in front, and they hold serve uh, the rest of the way. So, uh, yeah, good for Hebron because, yeah, I know that had been a, a couple hard luck years for them after finishing, uh, you know, first overall in uh, in their district only to get bounced by the four seed from uh, from what was, you know, the Plano ISD, Allen McKinney yeah. ISD district back then at 6-6-A. So a nice uh, nice little redemption for, uh, for Hebron to get to the uh, to the second round. Let's see, is that all we had? Let's see. Um, oh, yes, just some just a note, some other local teams that we had advance. Um, you had McKinney North advanced, uh, the Ski Poteet, uh, the Colony, Lovejoy, and Newman Smith out in Carrollton. So, yeah, plenty of, plenty of teams still kicking as the second round of the boys' basketball playoffs resumes uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, yeah, and that'll just about do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. We'll be back on Monday to... Um, yeah, just to talk more playoffs, be it second-round boys reactions. We might have a couple teams going to the state tournament on the girls' side, so we'll uh, yeah, we will discuss that and more early next week. Folks, um, appreciate y'all for checking this out. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.